Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for watching The Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I got the homie, the legend. Oh, the, my gosh. Man, yeah. so many, there's so many adjectives. I thank you for that. Do you, you want to know you're the reason why we have a mental health panel? Did you know no, that? I did not know that. Let me tell you the story. Tell me about it. So when Larry, the uh -huh. homie, were uh, organizing uh, My City, My Health, mm -hmm. it was the community panel was the first one. Mm. Um, the prevention panel and it was the, uh, the culture and healthcare. We only had the three panels. Okay. And we're having a meeting and he was like, Hey, you know, Corey, I got a, you know, I got an idea. I think we need to have a mental health panel. Mm. And he was like, you can't do it without Brienne. Wow. And that's when he connected us on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. And then I ended up meeting you at your office and yeah. I was like, Oh, so you're the very first person that I reached out to about having a mental health panel and we organized wow. it around you. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's all him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that panel, first of all, you know, before we get into it all, mm -hmm. I, you know, I could, we can just talk. But tell the people a little bit about yourself. Okay. And, um, and yeah, what was your first experience like with My City, My Health? Wow. So, um, Brian Ward here. For those of y'all who don't, don't know me, um, I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Iowa. Uh, I rock in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, own a group practice, uh, Forward Consulting LLC. Um, that was a, a labor of love, it really. Um, I was on my way uh, to, to enter into having labor with mm. my son. And really? Yeah, August 2014. Uh, I am big and pregnant. Uh, I'm on my way to go get <laughs> french fries because uh, we was hungry. And um, as clear as day, we talk, and I hear forward consulting. And I'm like, hmm. I said, so what do you want me to do with it? He was like, just hold on to it. You're going to need it. I'm like, okay. So I decided to make it an LLC, you know, just to keep it primed for whatever yep. God had for it. And uh, fast forward, have my baby in September. And um, I get my first gig in 2015. Uh, training, wow. Yeah, training uh, EFR about Christ intervention and trauma. And I thought I was balling. That was my first $200 check. I was like, I'm about to blow up. And um, uh, held on to it. And then in 2019, it became, you know, my bread and butter. Uh, yeah. and, and COVID really solidified uh, that we were necessary. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, definitely. Um, so so when I, when I am always uh, asked, like, hey, we want you to be on this panel. Hey, we want you to be. I'm, I count it as an honor and a privilege because sometimes I'm so focal pointed on you know my purpose right you know i forget that people are seeing me and and seeing the impact of, of what's yeah. going on so um being asked to be a, a part of the mental health panel was was actually an honor 
And uh, my first of all, my experience at My City, My Health, I'm listening to the music as I'm walking down. <laughs> and I'm like, are we doing this today? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. So it was so awesome to know that, um, that I was represented. That mm. I didn't have to come in and be anything but me. Yeah, authentic. Period. Um, and so it was really nice to, to be able to do that and then to see the, the healthy options to, to eat and to, to kind of nurture yourself yeah. before you actually had to be a nurturer. That was really, really good for me. So yeah, I enjoyed my and, – and then my homies on the panel with me. I had Tim with me. I had Kayla with me. So I felt really, really comfortable because they get it. I didn't have to feel yeah. like I had to explain anything because we're talking the same language right. on the panel. And then my girl, you know, Reyes Spigner, she's she's the one who's orchestrating this thing. So I'm just seeing me talking about us freely. It was good. Yeah, it was so good. It was good. And um, we I came back to you humbly to run it back. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the mental health, yeah. the mental health panel was so good. It was the most popular panel last year. Wow. Um, okay. And the conversation was so rich that you can just, you probably didn't notice it because you were in your moment. You were in the zone. It was your, you know, it was fourth quarter, Michael Jordan. You were, you were doing your thing, <laughs> yeah. right? But looking at the crowd, because it was our first conference running. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm just looking at the crowd, make sure, like, it, what people are thinking, mm -hmm. like, what's going on. And, like, this intense focus on every word mm. and really soaking in what you guys were saying mm -hmm. was so real like it was like you can't even i can't even really put it into words yeah and yeah so it's like i had to have you guys back but also you know now we have Teresa zilk as the moderator yeah. and who is a beast of her own i call her the silent assassin man <laughs> For yeah. real. Yeah. And we have Gabe Martinez, who's, you know, who's on there. Um, and I, I think it's going to be just so impactful. And yeah. I'm curious to see, like, okay, there's a whole year has gone by, mm. a whole year of mental stressors and different types yeah, of yeah, mental yeah. health issues yeah. are at the forefront now what that conversation is going to be like mm -hmm. because i i know that you have um you have your own lane but also we had a conversation on another show that should be coming out soon about the impact of our youth and oh, what yeah i know that was really pulling at your heart yeah, at one point it was um, still is yeah so tell me you know what kind of conversations are you wanting to have this year um that you hope that we can share with the audience to mm -hmm. take back to the community Absolutely. I've been on this kick about increasing human value. Mm. We have to figure out how to increase human value. But in order for us to understand it, we have to define human again. There has been so many uh, places that I've seen dehumanization. Man, talk about it. And it's not um, that it's just, you know, just grotesque and in your face and, you know, mm -hmm. direct, right? There's been so many indirect things that have impacted dehumanizing people. Um, with our youth, you mm. know, um, there's all these memes about, you know, them having hoodies on in 90 degree weather right. and wearing these, you know, little uh, stocking caps and things. But there is language behind that. There's mm. so much language behind that. And it's this idea of I already feel like I'm dehumanized. 
I don't even want to be seen by y'all no more. Y'all ain't mm. going to do nothing. So y'all out here talking about me, but you ain't going to do nothing. Um, that speaks to me. That speaks to me. I had the opportunity to uh, go to a art showing. Um, and uh, Andrew Wright, he's out of uh, Waterloo in the yeah. Quad Cities. Mm-hmm. But he has this initiative called uh, Humanize My Hoodie. Yep. And to be able to see what he has done with hoodies to have a conversation about youth, it's crazy to me. And so um, I, I feel like we, we need to talk to youth more right. to increase their value as, as a human because they don't feel like they have any. Right. More, nor anybody's pouring into them as well, you know. So I don't want to take away from those who are doing things. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. But there's this consensus around our youth in Polk County that they're lost and th- th- you can't save them. That's a lie. Yeah, a bold face lie, because like you said, uh, you pointed out, there are people who are doing the work. I wonder if we're getting to the youth that need to hear it, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, is there, you're always going to have those kids that are, hmm. that are more receptive mm-hmm. to, um, to adult wisdom or to somebody that's reaching out to them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you also have those that because of their circumstances ain't trying to hear it. Yeah. But they need you know, they need to hear it. I always call it like a live wire. Like you see like it needs attention, but if you touch it, you might get hurt. And so people use mm. a, a lot of times involuntary ignorance to that. Like mm. if I don't touch it, if I don't see it, if I don't say anything about it, then I don't have to do anything for it. I don't right. have to do anything to resolve it. And um, that's that that has to stop in our community. And voluntary ignorance is not working. No, it's not working. Yeah. Where do you where do you go though? Like like where is where is the the middle ground? Mm. Because mm-hmm. it feels like there are a lot Again, there are a lot of people who have great hearts that want to do good work, mm-hmm. who want to reach those ki- those live wires, mm-hmm. right? And I don't necessarily think there are a lot of people who have good hearts that understand the language of those kids. <laughs> can I'd agree with that. Can we talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. Um, speaking with you, speaking with Kayla and other um, other therapists, it's mm-hmm. like. There are those that understand how to talk to them. They can be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. It don't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. You know how to speak that language. Yeah. And for a long time, speaking that language was, was like, a, oh, you're not educated because you're, you're talking this type of way. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But really what we know now is that is a way of getting to the youth That's or getting, right. getting to the root. How do you how do you you utilize language mm-hmm. to um, get to the solution? Absolutely. So you know we were on the Make It Okay campaign together. Yes. Uh, yes. Through, Back to Black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, through the Iowa Healthy Estate Initiative, and so my big thing was if we're going to get to youth, we have to have a list of colloquialisms that will grab their attention. And so I am a big, I am big on learning the new sayings. Like, what's out there? What does it mean? Um, mm. You know, what is all this? Like, I, 
my uh, my son, God bless his little soul, he's eight. He's going around saying um, HGL, HGL. And I'm like, well, what is HGL? Uh, and I forgot what the acronym is, but he says it all the time. And he thinks he's so cool because he's saying it. Um, any of y'all who know HGL, go ahead and put in the <laughs> comments. Um, but um, I think language is huge mm-hmm. because language is what speaks to us. Right. You know, there are certain language that's in music. And music transcends to all cultures, you know, all variations of people because of the language that's within it. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, I think I also need to be aware of themes, you know, uh, being a mental health provider, you see themes all the time with people. Um, some people can call them patterns or whatever you want to call it. Right. But, you know, those speak to us. Those speak to me. And so I need not only know the language, but the themes in which language is being used. When I hear certain things, it's because you're in poverty. When I hear certain things, it's because you um, have purpose or you need to figure out how to find success. Like Mm. language speaks to you and it tells you what phase a person is in or what theme they're coming out of or what pattern that they're working through. And so Mm. if I know the language, but then I can piggyback it on a theme that's going on within them, that gives me uh, leverage to kind of come in and be accessible to them and say, hey, looks like this ain't working no more because I'm hearing it. Where are you mm. trying to be? Where are you trying to go? What you trying to do? Let's right. change the language. Let's change the narrative. And it's so empowering for people to change that. So empowering. Mm. So that's where I be at. <laughs> right. No, that's so true, though, because it, it, you got to be able – I can be. I can say the same thing in two different ways. Yes. And yep. – have my daughter who's a teenager looking at me like what (laughs) (laughs) and say to how she accepts it yeah and she went oh okay why didn't you say that (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) right yeah um you know one thing you know i've been um really interested in is how we make mental health therapy Mm. equitable Mm. i feel like there are say that yeah because for real, because there are a lot of people that um, I I believe and, and you can shed some light on this because mm-hmm. I'm gonna act like I know everything, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like that um, someone within the black community or whatever community may say to themselves, "Man, I wish I had somebody to talk to, but I don't have insurance, Ooh, yeah. but yeah. I can't afford it." But I don't know who to talk to. I'm going to start running around this studio. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. Yeah. How do we, and maybe this is, I know this is a loaded question, Mm -hmm. but how do we make mental health equitable for especially people in the black community? So this is my soapbox in this season of my life. Okay. Talk about it. Okay. So how do we make mental health more equitable? One, we have to talk about the language of mental health. So we got to introduce it in a way that is palatable. Mm-hmm. We also have to make sure that we're going in the spaces where we see mental health disguised or um, deemed as something else. And for me, because of my platform, my husband's a pastor. What up, Moses Ward Sr.? How you okay, doing? Okay, shout out to Moses. Hot. All right. <laughs> um, no, but I think he has given me a space um, in in the church to do more education, but in a way that's more palatable for people to understand it. So 
Um, he has allowed me to have mental health panels. He's allowed me to um, have a platform to talk about um, helping someone when they're in distress, um, figuring out what the signs are within that. But I have to go in, in where it's disguised or where it's called something different. And it's usually mm. within the church, right? Right. Or now I'm finding out it's in the community centers or, you know, it's in after school programs, right? And so we have to go where it's at because if there's already barriers and challenges, they're not going to, to outthink those challenges. They're gonna be focusing how to survive, right? right. And so we gotta make um, moves to say, well, they need to come to us. No, sometimes we need to go to them to make it more equitable, yeah. right? And palatable. Um, and another thing I think we have to do is we have to present it as it's not this scary taboo type of thing. That part. Right? And so for me, when I think about making mental health more equitable, I got to also see when I'm going into those spaces, what are the challenges and the barriers that people are talking about? Are people mm -hmm. can't come to therapy because they don't have gas money? Are people not able to come to therapy because, you know, they have to go to work to make sure their babies are eating, you know? So I think we have to be very clear about it's not they don't want it. It's just there's too many things in the way of it. Right. And if we can mm -hmm. remove some of those things easily, let's do it. Churches, you have benevolence funds. Can you provide sister mm. so-and-so with the gas card? You know, after-school program, you had a, an influx of food. I'm so grateful for the Moines Public Schools. They're giving it out during summer, yeah. you know, even when there's not school in session. That takes a huge barrier away from people who are struggling. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I'm thinking, to me, for me, in order for mental health to be more equitable, first of all, we got to go to where we know mental health is needed. We got to see how it's being dis it disguised. And then we also have to talk about the barriers and how we can find solutions for that. So mental health is not even a question anymore. Right. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's so real. I love how, I love that term, find out where it's disguised mm -hmm. because it's it's everywhere. We just gotta know where to look for it. Yeah. Go to your go to a mall. It's over there. Mm. I watch I love to watch young people and security guards. I know that's sick. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Tell me about this. Walk me through this. <laughs> I am an observer by nature. Mm. You know, since I was a little girl, I've, I've been observing people, and I think that's why God gave me the gifting to be a therapist because I observe first and I talk later. Got you. Um, but I love to watch young people minding their business, being young, mm -hmm. doing them right. Because I remember me being at Merle Hay thinking I'm grown. Oh yeah. Um, but I love to watch sometimes how security cards just kind of watch them and kind of, you know, be accessible to them. Mm. Um, just in case something pops off, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, that's what we should be doing. It shouldn't be a security guard being accessible to them. It should be us being accessible to them. One day, yes. I, one day I watched a little girl. Um, I think I was at the Dollar Tree or whatever. And I watched her stuffing stuff in her backpack. And she's like, oh, you're so pretty. And I'm like, you want me to pay for that for you? I can get that mm. for you. It ain't no problem. What you need? And she just kind of looked like you saw me. Baby, I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not communicating or punishing her for it. I want to gift her. Mm. And so many times I think when we go in spaces where you say, oh, well, these people is crazy or they need help or this, that, or the third, what's going on, Corey, is that what you're saying is there is a barrier that I see, but I feel incompetent or I feel inequipped to feel it. 
So I'm going to use voluntary ignorance to, to be like this because I don't want to touch it. Right. The issue here is if I need to make mental health equitable and accessible, I need to make myself accessible. Ooh. I need to make sure that I have all of my barriers and all of my biases checked before I say something about a situation I can be the solution for. Ooh, and you were the solution. I'm the solution. Yeah. I'm a walking so We are walking solutions. Yes. All of us. Because just imagine if you would have reacted, going back to that story about yeah. the Dollar Tree, mm-hmm. if you would have been like, girl, I know what you got in your pocket in a negative you know way. Better. Your mama you know taught you better than that. Yeah. I don't know that to and be got true. no home training. Yeah, Look at you. But I don't know that to be true. You don't know that to be true. And what you could have done, you probably, you probably changed that girl's life mm-hmm. by yeah. reacting in a way that was more caring and like, hey, we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let, let me let me get that for you. Yeah. Let me get that for you. And that, sir, is how you increase human value. Man. That's it. I humanized her. You humanized her. Yep. Because she could have been getting snacks for her brother and sister who you ain't ne- been eating. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know her situation, so I'm using a trauma-informed response to come to her to gift her. Right. Versus to, pu- you know, to create this wedge in community like, see, they think we criminals. No, I want to lessen that gap and say, right. I see you. I know you're struggling, but let me help you. Right. Yeah. And even if she was out here wilding, it still, it was the right approach to change. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's great. You know something I'll be thinking about sometimes, mm. Brianne, is when it comes to mental health, and and mind you, everybody, I'm not a mental health therapist. That is not my lane. <laughs> but you I, know some stuff. I Not even you that know I know some stuff, stuff but like I feel like I've, I talk to you. I talk to Kayla. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the content and the projects I've been close to lately have been around mental health. Mm-hmm. So that's just where my mind has been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I started to think about, you know, how we've been education and like what were some of the things that mm-hmm. I saw in schools growing up and mm-hmm. and that that um here's here's a story, I'll tell you this is what I'm talking about. This is an example. The reason why I am so what I love exercise so much is because in third grade, a gym teacher mm-hmm. playing dodgeball, mm-hmm. I was I I got out and I'm like, man, I'm sweating, and she was like, sweating's good. That means you're working hard. That's good, Corey. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I'm like, ooh, okay. So if I'm if I'm actually if I'm sweating, mm-hmm. I'm doing something good. Yeah. And it, it that stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if we had people in the schools that could be maybe not even a teacher yeah oh wow yeah yeah yeah. but could just yeah talking about because especially in our in our public schools we have so many kids that are we don't even i couldn't even imagine living their life if Mm -hmm. i'm being honest Mm -hmm. some of the stories i've heard just from my little time working at orchard place and reading Mm -hmm. files i'm like yeah yo yeah can we have somebody in these schools that that can be not even just be just there for encouragement, but who understands, hey, somebody's coming from, someone came to school, ain't had none since yes, since lunch yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course they're walling out, mm-hmm. right? How, yeah. can I, how can I be there? What, are there trainings for teachers that can, that can do that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Should we be training our teachers to be more empathetic to mm-hmm. their students and maybe 
we need more mental health education in schools at a lower level. That's where I'm yeah. getting at. Yeah. Long story yeah. short. Absolutely. Uh, but how do we? How do we do that? How do we not even mask it, but like how do we start mm-hmm. to incorporate that into yeah. our education systems at an early age so these kids are growing up Absolutely. understanding language, understanding themselves more? Because I don't feel like it's being taught. Yeah, yeah. I have a litany about this because this is my soapbox as well. I just, I am passionate about mental health and I am passionate about helping humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why God ain't made me a millionaire because I would be broke. I'd be giving <laughs> money out everywhere. Like you said, you said, you said, what? Your car broke down, boo? Oh, uh-huh. dude, buy a new one. <laughs> um, so there is a training called Lemonade for Life. It was founded and constructed um, in at the University of Kansas. And so basically mm-hmm. what it does is it takes you past, when you learn somebody's adverse childhood experience score, you know, mm-hmm. um, those of you who are not familiar with it, from zero to 18, there's a, a 10 item questionnaire um, that uh, a person is supposed to take. And if you score, you know, four or more, then we start talking about you've experienced a lot of adversity in your life mm, as right. a child. And then, you know, many people would do that scale with people and be like, okay, so what do I do now? I mean, it's like doom. Like, what do I do? And the whole preface is how do you build hope in somebody again? So they take you through the idea of how to create hope mapping, um, how to share hope. Um, Dr. Shane Lopez is someone who did research around hope. If one person has it and gives it to one other person, they're going to give it to three other people. Mm. And so when we get done with that training, we're called hope ambassadors. That's exactly oh, cool. what the, the community needs. We need people who are Man, hope ambassadors, yes. right? Um, being able to know what trauma is, what it looks like, understanding you know the, the symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in a human it's going to be different for everybody but being able to create hope in somebody um, and so that's exactly what you were when you were speaking about going into school that's exactly what my mind was thinking mm. um, but I'm also thinking about this idea of stereotype threat and I think I share it everywhere I go um, probably said it at the last panel my city my health um, but Dr. Claude Steele is the founder of that term and what he found was that when you treat people according to the stereotype you think they fit it impacts the human's mental health badly. Yo. And they start mm. to underperform because they're already assuming you're gonna judge me anyway based on how you see me. So let me just live up to your expectation. Mm. Yeah, some people call it self-fulfilling prophecy, whatever. But um, for us in our community you know, of, of color, stereotype threat is real. It's real. Yeah. Give you an example. I had a young man come into my office. He had a litany of charges and he was on his way to being 18 and um, just just real, just real reckless lifestyle, real reckless. Um, when he came into my office, uh, he was higher than a kite. Uh, like he, had, he hadn't eaten in a long time. But to me, that's depressive symptoms, you know? Right. Uh, real tall, real scrawny. Um, and his clothes didn't fit. Um, had a head full of hair, um, but had his hood on. And he came in with his head down. And so um, I assumed that he thought that I was going to judge him based on the dialogue his mother had already given me, you know, a precursor about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I had touched his parole probation officer already, and I got a chart on him already. He was right about some of those things. I had some of those things. Right. I didn't bring it to the session. One of the things uh, that he did, he was uh, he was a very closed answer type person right oh yeah yeah yeah, no mm, that makes it hard yep 
And so I said at the very end, because I, I wasn't going to keep it in here for, what, a, an hour? Are you kidding me? That's torture for both of us. <laughs> right. But we was in there for about 30 minutes, and towards the end of, of that, I told that young man, I said, young man, you probably assume that I think that you're a criminal, that you're a drug user, that you are a gangbanger, um, that you're violent, you know, that you are someone that don't have a future. I said, that's what possibly you think that I think about you. I said, I don't think none of that. None of that. I think you have a bright future. I said, right, you even coming into my, so I'm doing all this. Right. right? Giving him all of this, right? So I said, um, you, you, you have to come back and see me. You're court ordered to be here. But I said, I just want you to know, I don't see that. I see you. He came back within three months. This young man got a job, mm. broke up with his toxic partner, started to learn deep breathing, got him a job at a factory and told me that he needed a vacation because he needed to, to get away from and, and de-stress from his life. Yo. And he did all of this because he knew the age of 18 was coming and he wanted to be successful. Man, that's real. Hope does so much. Accessibility to mental health services can do a lot. And to see, have a, a young man to see himself sit mm -hmm. down, that is how you restore mental health in our community man i gotta let that sit a little bit because you think about all what was at a young age yeah you said before 18 before 18 all what was on his head yeah all he, of it all all that he was thinking about yeah right and for someone just to be like i don't see any of it right man i see what you could be and can be if you choose to be right so you want to roll with me or not you know i kind of gave him like a the, this is up to you. You could do it, and I'm right. here for you. I'm ready when you're ready, right? Um, and so because I said that, not only did he do all those things, but he was able to talk to me about some of the confusion he had regarding, you know, just his life, you know, mm -hmm. just the relationship that he had with his parents. And all of these great things came out of that because I said, I see you. Right. Why are we so why, – why are we so afraid of mm – -hmm mental therapy <laughs> right so mm -hmm. i will there's tell you reasons there's there are a lot of good reasons <laughs> yeah but i will tell you some of the things that even come from my mouth not now like i've yeah yeah but before just thinking about man i have some there are some childhood things i need to work out mm -hmm. but i don't need nobody in my business right but that yeah. was but it, just even saying it out loud right now mm -hmm. i j i can i can picture multiple scenarios of being a, a shorty and my mom or somebody being like we don't need a i don't need a body in my business mm -hmm. not even talking about mental health therapy yeah, just period just just period yeah just stay out of my business mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. how do we break that how do we <laughs> how do we get out of that cycle yeah. of quote unquote staying out of my business to getting help and getting getting some getting some business. Okay, so let, let's go the historical route and then, you know, let's go modern day route. So for me, one of the things that I know to be true is that if you as a black person uh, say, I need help, mm -hmm. that means that you're not doing life right. Mm. And you already have a negative cognition about who you are in this thing called life. 
if something doesn't work out or if something um, uh, is unsuccessful under your watch. You're mm. already talking about yourself because historically, if you're not doing well, if you can't get over uh, little Johnny being sold off, if you can't get over uh, little Sal or Big Sally um, coming back after being raped all night, if you can't get over that, like this is what we do, this is what mm, happens, right? If you just can't right. get over that, then you you ain't made for this. You just weak. Mm. You got to be strong to, to to get through all of this, yeah. right? And if no one is breaking that message historically for us, then it's going to be transcended to us in various ways. And so um, it was funny. I just had a conversation with my mommy about this because, um, you know, the, the idea that black women are, should be strong and shouldn't need nobody, that's historical. Mm. Black women was made to be strong because of slavery, because we didn't know if your son or your husband was going to be sold off. Man, so you got to learn part. all the tricks of the trade, be the master of all of them just in case stuff you know, goes crazy. Let's go to back. So let's come down to modern day. So now we're in a place where it's being introduced into our culture as it's something that we probably should be doing. Mm. But the message behind it is you got to be scared to make the call. Like I was watching like a. Uh, uh, That's right. That's so true. Yeah. Like I have no other options. Like, I'm so scared. <laughs> like I think I better call right now. Right. So there's this fear base that goes with it, right? <laughs> have you ever seen some I, of these app commercials? Oh, my God, yes. They be so sad, like. <laughs> and the music be all so. So sad. So sad, and right? Like, I have no other options. Right, right, right. <laughs> and hear me when I say I get it. Right. But at the end of the day, I think we have to start to uh, normalize the behavior to ask for help. Right. Whether it's therapy or not, we have to normalize that we as people of color need help. Mm -hmm. We as poor people need help. We as baka, 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 whatever caveat comes your way, we need help because it's just a human response. Right. We were made to ask for help. We were made to look for help, period. Um, it's biblical and it's natural, however mm -hmm. way you want to look at it. Right. So for me, I think in order to um, reframe this idea that, you know, I need to, to get mental health therapy, I think we have to, one, um, assess what is it? Mm. Because for many years, we've been told we, we've been the guinea pigs right. to get the help that we need. And this is how intrinsic this is in, in me and in, innate it is in me. Mm -hmm. So me and my husband took a trip to Duluth, right? We went to the um, railroad uh, exhibit museum or whatever. And um, they have these like little uh, corner stores or these little storefronts that you can look in and learn the history, right? Oh, right on. As soon as I saw like the doctor, my mind went to, oh, I know how you got your stuff. You had, you had my uh, my ancestors with their legs open with oh. no anesthesia. You was just poking and prodding and making them cry and cutting them and stuff. You didn't care. That's how you got here. Like my mind went straight there. Straight there. Boom. And so for me, I'm thinking that's what people's mind probably goes with mental health therapy. You're going to drug me. You're going to give me all this medicine. You're not going to give me any help. You're going to take my kids away. Um, you're going to get me fired because now I got to take time off of work to get here. Right. Right. All of these automatic thoughts come. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm trying to do more you know, like Facebook, you know, videos just like, hey, y'all, yeah. hey, we have a mental health moment just so I can introduce them. This is what it looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's it's just kind of changing the automatic response or thought to what mental health treatment could be. 
Right. And that leads to my next question about, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we started mm -hmm. um, recording is you you pour so much into people as <laughs> yeah, as a therapist. Yeah. Right. And um, even outside of therapists, like you gave me a word. I didn't know what to do with myself. Like before we start, I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I, yeah. it, was, it threw me off. Brother, man. <laughs> it threw yeah. me off. But you know, what do you, what do you do? I, I see you doing your these mental health moments, and still, that still encourage somebody that may not ever meet you. Yeah. But um, as you're pouring, like you said, as you're pouring into somebody else's cup and pouring out of your own, mm -hmm. how do you pour? back into like how do you get refilled yeah yeah i i that used to be a question that, that used to stump me but now i'm so intentional about it mm. I, I i know what i need you know um and i think i've been privileged enough to have the space to figure that out and so what i find for me um is i have to be by water and i have mm. to be by vibrant colored plants or flowers Yo. like that's my thing because it helps me ground again. Like I put my feet in water and I feel like I'm, I'm touching something like I'm grounded again. And it just, and I let water speak to me. Like water can have a whole conversation with me. Yo. Okay. So I love nature. Nature's what, what, um, talks back to me and, and fills me back in. Um, also being kid like, so I love to go roller skating. Okay. I bought me some skates from Amazon <laughs> with, the little, with the lights on the wheels. We just got some for Vivian for her birthday. Listen love here. Em. Skate South on Wednesday nights. Meet. That's my. That is my place where it. Cause it feels like as I'm going around, you know, I feel like everything that I just had is just like floating off of me in the wind. Yo. Right. So um, being active is good for me. I love me some good old hip hop fit and just moving my body and exerting things out go. of my body. So that's what that's what pours back into me. I also have girlfriends um, that that pour into my spirit but also hold me accountable to mm. making sure I take care of myself. Yeah. And we do that for every one of us because one, one month is me, <laughs> you know, next month is her. Yeah. Right. So I just got to have me some accountability partners and people who love me authentically. Right. Um, where I can just, you know, pull my wig off be like, this is what's going on today. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, with saying that, what I have realized is that where I do therapy that is where people get that space and that permission to figure out what to do for themselves. Mm. So um, I always like to cater that because it speaks back to me like, Brian, you got to do that for yourself when you're done here. Remember that, okay? But how I usually do therapy sessions, I do them in, I always say, think 15. 15 in the, in the, at the beginning, I'm like recapping our last time. How are things been going? Checking in, right? Next 15. Okay, let's see how that intervention I told you to do last week was working for you. Um, introduce you to something new if you need it. That last 15 minute, what are you going to do for yourself? It's called forward language, forward mm, thinking. Forward thinking, yeah. okay. Um, or your nexting language, what's next for you? Because I always want you to see there's hope and there's future for you. Even if it sucks right now, it's only going to last for a mm -hmm. little bit. You have hope and you have future, what it looks like. So 15 is how I get, get it done in my office. And it seems to work because people come back. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they be booking and stuff. It be, so. be booking. Yeah. You s I think having a community of people, Woo. whether it's, and when I say community, it could just be two cats. I'm just saying. But those are your people. Your, it is so. My God. It's, it's a cheat code that everybody needs to have. I'm so serious. 
man it's just something about having that some that one person that rocks with you that doesn't look at you differently which with yeah. like brian's looking at me <laughs> greatly and i know my head looks crazy <laughs> my barber he out he on vacation until next week and i'm <laughs> and i gotta thug it out until next <laughs> week <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, and, but I'm like, I, I ain't even checking for that. <laughs> I feel like I got a fresh lineup right yeah. now. I know I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. But it's it's something about having those people in your corner that is just it's a battery in your back. What yeah. no matter how you're feeling, absolutely. I, I totally feel like agree. we need to have we need to have workshops on just how to meet how to get a group of people together mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. is so it's it's been so good for me and i know it could be good for a lot of people absolutely you know um we do uh therapists of color meetup now um and so we've been doing it for about two years now and that's the whole preface Mm. if you don't have people just come here we'll be your people today man there's food here there's r&b going through the through the speakers um, I haven't been successful at bringing games because, you know, people just need a space to vent. We never get to the games. Oh, right. People just need to be just lifted up. Yes. And just, just held for a minute. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I believe in holding space for people. Um, and, you know, people who don't have people, um, there are these awesome things called support groups. Now, yeah. some of you got a vet, but yep. th- if you need support, go and get it. I th- what what is what's the song that uh, uh, Rihanna said? Get it how I live it. Yep. Ain't that it? <laughs> yeah. Go get it so you can live. Oh man. If it's through a support group, get it. If it's through AA, get it. If it's through a Zoom link, get it. Get it. If it's NA, whoever, get it. Because you deserve it. Man. Yeah. I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> You know we can go all day. Man. <laughs> Brianne, thank you so much welcome, for being on the podcast Absolutely. with me today. Thank you again for being a panelist yeah, at uh, this so year's My City, My Health, November 17th. Um, for those that are listening, yeah. that uh, are watching, that want to be like, hey, where Brianne, where's she at? Yeah. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find Forward Consulting in various places. You can Google Forward Consulting LLC. Uh, or Brianne Ward, and, and things will pop up. But I am located on 43rd and University here in Des Moines, 4309 University Avenue. I am currently taking new clients. So if you're looking for just to kind of check this out and see if this is something that you want to do, absolutely come and interview me before you even say, I want you to be my therapist. Because uh, you have that right. That's your patient right. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm trying to enter into this thing called Instagram. I know, don't be talking about me, but <laughs> Facebook is my thing. And so you can find me there on a Facebook business page. Go ahead and look up Forward Consulting LLC. Find us there. Awesome. Again, Brianne, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Uh, and everybody, thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'll holler at you next time.